Welcome to my podcast, Chatting Up with Dauhi. With this podcast of mine, I want to reach out to people who have made an impact and talk to them about them for a change. Not their careers or achievements, but what it is about them that makes them tick. A casual chat up about how it is like outside of the life we don't get to see. So join me on this new journey and let's have a free-spirited laugh ride together. I had been truly vying for since I started doing my podcasts. I absolutely admire women in power and when they're from the movies and media, I'm completely enamored by them. I totally understand, you know, the kind of challenges and the limitations coming from this region, but today with me I have a superwoman who's taking giant strides and creating waves internationally. UAE's first film writer, producer and director Naila Al-Khaja. Thank you so much Naila for finally agreeing to come on the podcast. No, I'm really humbled with the introduction. I feel it's, uh, you know, a bit I don't know if I deserve all that, uh, but thank you so much. Thank you. Absolutely, thank you. so much and more because I think in this region, I didn't come across anyone who's doing what you are. So, you know, I have to, we have to agree, right? You know, being from this region, the challenges and the limitations, you know, especially coming from where we are, the culture, the religion and yes. all of that. And to break, to break that mold and come out of it. Yes. So how has your journey been, Naila, truly? It's been fascinating, it's been brutal, it's been soul-crushing, it's been soul-lifting. So I can't say I will ever uh, go back and change my life course because it's really been uh, a blessing exactly. in the end. You know, um, film is the kind of field that like sucks you in like, mm -hmm. you know, with big force and it crushes you and then builds you again. So there's one thing that it doesn't have is routine. There's no such thing as routine. So if you're someone who gets very uncomfortable with change and big change sometimes, Absolutely. it's 100% not for the faint heart who cannot handle that. And some people are completely fine being in a box and they're very safe and it makes yeah. them happy. Mm -hmm. There's nothing wrong with that. But for me, since I attract chaos <laughs> and I thrive uh, through chaos okay. and order, um, it's the right fit for me. Uh, obviously I've had, as you mentioned, social challenges, uh, yeah. uh, family uh, challenges. First of all, I wasn't allowed to study film. I was only allowed to do film okay. if it's only documentary filmmaking okay. because it's yeah. not as glamorous and doesn't have the negative uh, stereotype of uh, narrative filmmaking, you know, whether it's uh, stuck to with award ceremonies, after parties, you know, all that oh, okay. stuff. Yes. So you have to limit yourself and like, you know, stay within the documentary, documentary yeah. which of course I didn't do. Yes, I was, I was about to get there. So it doesn't seem like you just uh, stuck onto that. You moved on, you've done more yeah. stuff. But yeah. I believe when my parents, they actually started seeing my first narrative films, um, okay they felt very comfortable because they're like, okay, this girl seems to be attracted to the macabre and dark uh, okay. side of life. So I think yeah. we'll, we'll be fine. I think they were just- As long as it's not overly glamorous and yeah. out there. Yeah. Or overtly like fresh with fresh scenes or something that's like against our uh, religion and culture. I think they're okay with it. Okay. I have no idea what tomorrow unfolds. I just yeah. always mm -hmm. follow- Just keeping it out there. Correct, <laughs> yes. yes. So, and uh, you know, the fact that, you know, when I grew up watching Bollywood movies, I was so enamored and obviously I was so excited seeing the color, the flamboyance and all of that. But, you know, always I knew it would be difficult for me to get there, you know. I, it, was, it was clearly nib nibbed off, you know, from the young ages, so which is why eventually I came around to being behind the scenes. So have you ever thought about wanting to be on the screen? See, that's very interesting because maybe in a different context and culture, I would have probably tried that and I have tried it once. Um, you have? I have, and I gave that dream for my parents because I feel like, yes. So I didn't give up on my dream entirely mm -hmm. because I'm extremely passionate about directing, mm -hmm. but I did give up the dream of uh, acting. And maybe now that I look back, maybe it's a mechanism to cope with by saying, oh, that was a good thing, but right. I don't know. Mm -hmm. um, it is good in the way that I got focused more on directing and I feel it gives me, uh, 
the chance to kind of live through many different actors on the scene and oh. the chance to also mm. paint with light because my background is painting. So I feel like by directing, I'm able to express my voice in a more larger scale. And by producing even much larger, because much when so. you're producing, you can do three, four films a year that you're mm -hmm. passionate about and discover new voices in the region, which I'm also extremely passionate about. So I okay. feel maybe it's a blessing okay. that I'm not doing everything, that I'm focused on those two, okay. but also because I do appreciate and dearly love my folks. I don't want to break their heart because right now, at this moment in time, being in front of the uh, camera in my culture is extremely taboo mm -hmm. and super controversial. Yeah, and I always have this philosophy in life, poke as much as you want, but don't stop. So I wasn't going to stab them so early in the game. Yeah. And I feel maybe in later in life I can uh, you know, do it just for my heart as a 75-year-old. I think at that point nobody would care. Nobody would care. But at the moment I'm, yeah, but at the moment I'm really having a ball and having a, absolutely a fantastic time. I mean, who would have thought in a million years that I would have, I can't reveal names, unfortunately, because we haven't yeah. done the press conference, right, that we'd, I'd have a okay. star in my film, which uh, is my first feature film. I'll give you a hint. He was in um, Game of Thrones and House of Dragons. No way! Game of Thrones and, and House of Dragons more prominently. Okay. And then also. Um, I that. <laughs> and that I will have the legendary, obviously, Air Rahman composing yes, for my second feature film. So this uh, the Game of Thrones actor that you don't want to take his name is in your first feature film. Yes, that's correct. Oh, so you have two films back to back. Yes, I do. I have wow. two, uh, three films back to back. I have so my. I am rolling. I'm. It's almost like it's funny because I haven't done a feature film. Well, I have done a feature documentary, but not narrative. Okay. For you know, I'm going to be 45 in a month. <laughs> so by the time this podcast, I was I probably 45. So yeah. for 45 years, I haven't done you know a long narrative uh, feature film, and okay. now I'm like three back to back. It's almost like compensating. Compensating. So I think but, it all comes and happens in good time. Yeah, I think the timing yeah. time is ripe. I have uh, more. I'm matured uh, way more as uh, you know. I have more finesse more experience, yeah. I understand uh, filmmaking, uh, the process of going through now a feature film, which I've experienced. So I mm -hmm. feel uh, it's almost uh, a good, you know, everything happens at the right time. And Khalil Gibran, the poet always, you know, says like, everyone has their own time and never compare your success or your timeline with other people, because we're all meant and destined for different paths. Yeah, I think it's only to find the patience to actually, you know, get there eventually. Yes, yeah, yes. but then to don't give up. Correct. Don't give up. Absolutely. To have these three back-to-back -back movies on a large scale. Did you shoot them all in <coughs> Dubai? Hmm? Did we, was all the shooting in Dubai? Um, no, I shot them in. Well, not entirely. I uh, the first one was shot in Bangkok, so yeah. I was there for nine weeks. It was quite difficult as a mother. Yeah. And um, but I was, you know, my family came and went, so that yeah. extremely supportive husband. Um, so very lucky to have him. So it's also very important to they always say you are who you swim with. Okay. People's yes. energies can really uh, impact mm -hmm. you, especially I feel more, I mean, men get impacted, don't get me wrong, and they bottle it up, right? Yeah, but I think women even... Spoken about enough, though. Yeah, because yeah. females are a bit more sensitive, more nurturing, more emo emotional, just by our genetic nature. So mm -hmm. I feel we get even impacted more, yeah. uh, which is a good and bad thing, of course, yeah. because if the atmosphere is positive, we really right. blossom. Yeah, absolutely. So do you think that, uh, like, when now you said it's a first feature film and it's going to be releasing on uh, in the movies, yes. So, but also you have a couple of movies that's on Netflix that's also equally huge. Yes. So what do you think about the OTT? I don't platform? know about huge, but they, but it's an achievement for me. Yes, absolutely. I mean, like, it's a step-by-step -step process yeah. and now you've... And it's funny because they bought both at the same time. So yeah, they, yeah. So how does that feel? You know, what do you think about the OTT platforms now? Do you think that... Uh, oh, I mean, honestly, they have done so many things. Like, if we go layer by layer, layer one, 
politically, I think it's fantastic because it's breaking down a lot of the stereotypes, which impacts politics, obviously. I mean, everything impacts politics, right? So I think it's nice to see films from, you know, uh, Palestine, uh, mm -hmm. you know, uh, stories that never get the limelight. And Netflix is embracing all sides of the stories, not just from one region or the other regions. And you know, reaching, and the movies reach to so many people that you won't ideally expect. 100%, uh, basically what it's done, it's democ uh, created, a de created a democracy for storytelling by the sense that now you have access to films you would have never had access to before. Yeah. It has broken down the whole studio system in the States. It's also given people a taste outside what we call the fish and chips. You know, and when you go to the, oh, I want fish and chips, but try sushi, oh no, it's not for me. But now people are trying all sorts of uh, different yeah. films. Yeah. And my husband, for example, as a good example, who's never watched a Indian film, surprised me by watching a South Indian film. <laughs> he doesn't understand a word in Malayalam. Okay. But uh, I mean, was it was a documentary. Okay, okay. Uh, we watched it together. To be fair, we didn't finish it, but it was quite dark. Okay. Uh, we liked the first few episodes, but we never got. We just felt it was really heavy, um, and uh, and he read subtitles. He he watched a, a wonderful Spanish film in subtitles, which again, things that we wouldn't have naturally done in the in the past. Yeah. This also helps Arab voices like myself mm -hmm. that now that we have content, yeah. we're not just stuck in one market. But uh, these OTTs are giving viewers around the world to look at our voices and and our artwork as well. So it's nice to have both films, Animal and The Shadow, that are playing right now in Netflix. And I believe they're going to be on their OTT for the next two years. So mm -hmm. people have plenty of time to watch them. Yeah. But I have to say, they are not long. They're yeah, short. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I watched, but I think that's a good start. And it also opens a lot of opportunities for people who want to yeah. explore the medium, right? 100%. And it's yeah. nice because I've established a relationship with them. And okay. it means that, you know, for my next uh, films, it's an option, so it's good. It's an option, and also because you said you are uh, now featuring, like, you know, the movie theater movies. So I think that that's obviously a bigger market eventually where everybody wants, you know, uh, aims for. So now you were saying you have, uh, like, you know, to break more stereotypes, you have a Swiss husband. So that's another stereotype yeah. you broke with your parents, like many traditions that you're <coughs> consistently breaking. So how was that? Um, it's almost like every six years I give them some kind of shock, shocker. I'm like, okay, stop it. <laughs> so with my husband, it, it just came very naturally, to be honest. Like yeah. he... Were well, your family um, very receptive of it? Yeah, I met him during work. So it was a work environment. And then I immediate, immediately introduced him to my brother. Because I, you know, I came at a stage of like, why do we need to hide? We're not children anymore, you okay. know. Mm -hmm. And, you know, basically introduced him to my mom and my brother. And they felt very very comfortable with him okay they uh, you know I think by then they had uh, taken to the fact that you are uh, and they met him a lot of like they met him many many times and also then what happened my husband became my uh, brother's client or the other way around no okay. the other way around and uh, that's when he got to know him even more and more and he says honestly go for it yeah so, <laughs> so you had all the support of the family the support, even yeah. though it was a shocker in initially yeah my dad didn't take it as easy which i completely understand because mm -hmm. it's so you know unorthodox it's not yeah. something that happens but you know he's a very decent human being i think i hit the jackpot with him i really do and um mashallah, mashallah alhamdulillah so it's it's really nice and um he embraced uh, everything in this country and everything that it uh, you know stands for so there's no like clash of uh, culture or religion with him it's all no. we are all in sync yeah so have you thought about exploring the swiss market like where he says from the switzerland if yeah, i'm yeah. not mistaken so have you thought about exploring there so what do you think about the market in the uae for as a filmmaker and do you think it's conducive enough conducive enough because you know, with all the limitations that there are over here, do you yeah. think you would rather explore another market, you know, to get a larger audience? Hundred percent. I mean, markets also are de determined. One of the major uh, 
as they say, uh, trigger points is population numbers, right? And mm -hmm. you know, if you look at Saudi next door, it's like 30 plus million. Uh, over here, I'm not sure if we reach the 10 million top, but anyway, it's around that vicinity. And it's not a big market where if you see Thailand, it's 70 million people. Yeah, course, yeah. So markets, you know, they, they um, create those type of demands. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you create the demand, as yeah. we have seen it here, build it and they will come. Yes, ah, so so that is what, you know, UAE is a first for everything. Correct. Yeah, I think it is, but it's unfortunately, it's not for filmmaking. It's never been a priority. I believe that once it becomes a priority, you will see quick change. And we are mm -hmm. quite fast. Yeah. So, so how has that journey been in terms of like, you know, finding uh, uh, production or funding over here in this it's impossible okay it's very expensive and uh -huh. but then so there is a lot of there are a lot of companies like in Abu Dhabi there is a 2545 yeah these companies you know they're there but yeah. what are they gonna do they're still in a in a place where they cannot change the market rate mm -hmm. it is so a very TV commercial driven market and when you have TV is huge yeah yeah but when you're talking about coca-cola and Mercedes I'm sorry the, those rates that crew get paid their commercial rates, they're not okay. gonna be independent filmmakers' yeah. rates. Mm -hmm. And there's no independent filmmaker community, no. maybe on a very small scale, but mm -hmm. it's never been on a bigger scale. We don't have producers on a, the right number, we don't have writers. It's because maybe it will take, maybe it will take a big series like Black Sails, what it yeah. did to Cape Town, mm -hmm. where it burst after that. Maybe it will take one series or one movie that can trigger that snowball effect. Okay. We haven't reached that. Maybe Saudi does something yeah. that then, you know, people here say, oh wow, you know, this is great. Maybe we should then, collectively join forces okay. and say how we can flip the table. Uh -huh. But at this point you think no. it's, it's very slow. It's dead water. Oh, really? Yes, really? Because course. we see all these news you that you know. You yeah. see service production. This is what people always confuse. There's a very different yeah. thing about working on ground roots cinema and making films from A to Z here by people who live here mm -hmm. and having a Hollywood or a Bollywood movie come here and we shoot 10 or 20% of that by getting, it's a transaction, you get paid you service my film because you have amazing location, great weather, and then I leave. That's it. That's it's it. good for the economy, yes, but it doesn't create a film industry. So where do you see this going in another five to eight years? Like, as a, uh, as a producer yourself, what would your contribution be to this in this regard? That's a really great question, and I've thought about it. I've thought about it for a very long time. I think it will happen in the sense that once I'm done with my three back-to-back -back mm -hmm. films, my idea is to raise money on their back. Hopefully one of them is yeah. successful. All three of them, inshallah. All three of them. And then um, just logically get a, I'm not into film funds anymore. I don't think they work because of the slate business. It very, it's very, um, it confines you. If you already have seven pictures, mm -hmm. that's five, six years in the making maybe. I don't know, maybe more. And then you're kind of tied because you already chose your film. So if the market okay. changes, you can't be flexible, or maybe you can, but my idea is that I raise money for a certain type of company okay. and have uh, partners, basically investors, Investment. and then we create a, a library of films by co-investing with other people mm -hmm. um, or, or making films from scratch from here A to Z okay. and having that uh, kind of ethos in the company. Because I don't know who else is doing it right now. There is one company that started, uh, but this is a production house, so it's okay. not just uh, distribution or sale. That'll, or that'll require a lot of investment again. So maybe yes, of course, it, it, will, it will require a lot of investment. Mm -hmm. But that's something sure. that you are, you are willing to spearhead? 100%, and it's not just the UAE market that you look at. When you have that investment, you can have your uh, headquarters office here, and you could have a branch somewhere else where it's more vibrant. I mean, honestly, I would probably not flirt with this idea 10 years ago, but now with Saudi, KSA, yeah. Um, you know, thriving next door, mm -hmm. it's the perfect ambience and the perfect atmosphere there. Just to give you an example, there was a 
film that came out two weeks ago. The English pronunciation, I think it's Satar or Satar. And it's, it's, uh, an, Arabic it's an Arabic film. And I apologize if I botched the name because <laughs> I read the English press release. And I saw that within two weeks, it made over 2 million, sorry, within 12 days, made over 2 million US dollars beating wow. Avatar. It oh, never no. beat Avatar globally, of course. But in the Saudi market for that time, okay. it sold more tickets than Avatar did. If anything, that's so a, I think there that's is an audience, of course there's an but audience. there is not enough, uh, you're, not, yeah, not, enough, yeah, you're not, the, not able to cater. Enough. Yes, and our businessmen here and women investors are not, um, you know, they're not, they're not accustomed to this. They're not, not convinced. They just don't understand the business. They, there's not enough producers and investors in this field here to take advantage. But it is happening because I'm hearing pockets of, you know, investments happening here and there in film and entertainment. So I feel that it will take some time. Uh, maybe in the next five, eight years, but how Saudi behaves will impact us for sure. Yeah, and also in your feature films, like you were saying, if you have these names, like if you have the big name, like you were saying, you have an actor, then you have A.R. Rahman. Yes. So if you have these names, I think it also attracts a lot of global audience as well. 100%, it helps yeah. with sales. You have a poster face now that yeah. people are familiar with. That doesn't mean the film will do well. Yeah, at the end of the day, it's, it's the content, of course. Yes. But then that is a great pull for, you know, your movies. And I want to be an ambassador to my country because by making a film that... You already are in a lot of ways. Not, not yet. Yeah. I, I mean, my dream, one of my first initial mm -hmm. dreams is hopefully that one day that my film will get into a big festival. And by that, I mean either Cannes or Venice or Toronto or Berlin. At least then we can say there's been a, a you know, a long feature film mm -hmm. that has been in these festivals. From the history of all of these festivals, we've never had a feature film from, my, from, the, UAE. from the UAE. And it hurts because you see countries with less wealth and less capabilities mm -hmm. are, yeah. you know, punching the, the bag really well yeah. by entering these festivals. So I feel like There's that time it. will come. And I think hopefully either a film from here or KSA can change things. Okay, so you are closely looking at KSA, how they are. We're at the tipping point. You're, you're interviewing me right at the tipping point. So let's see how it goes. I'm super excited and I want to see your journey because I think it's an inspiration for a lot of people who want to get into this field, right? I actually have an intern here in my upstairs in office space who graduated from SAE and uh, he's uh, working SAE with, is? Uh, I don't know what's the abbreviation, but okay. it's a film institute here where people can study film. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So he's doing an intern on my feature film. He's very excited. So obviously he's working yeah, I think there is a lot of interest here, but then I think they're not getting it right. There's no access. Yeah. And there's so You see all talent. these Emirati shows even on Netflix. Now, not Emirati necessarily. Now we see a Dubai playing. You know, yeah. the show has blown out of proportion because sure. I think there is an audience. But yeah, like Of course. You said, I mean, mm -hmm. that's uh, what we call bubblegum TV. It's fantastic for people who love it. It. Yeah. It's a reality show, and all reality shows are like that. Let's be yeah. honest. Maybe yeah. not all, but most. most yeah. And it, it it attracts uh, an audience because people like to watch these type of personalities. Yeah. But that doesn't necessarily translate into audience for movies. No, it doesn't. It doesn't expose all the beauty of my country and all the oh, different really? okay, and, yeah. and all yeah. the different honest. segments of uh, people that live here. And it's not their job to do that. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But we need more variety of content that can be a reflection. Yes, there's a segment that behaves this way, but there's also stories between the alleyways or a mother that's working three jobs to support her son. I mean, there are a lot of human stories yeah, that yeah. need to be told. It's not all glamour. No, of course not. My first feature, for example, is about mental health. Mm -hmm. So, and it's, a, it's based on a true story. So, yeah, and from, from Dubai, from the 90s, so. So what is the stamp? What does the Naila Al-Khaja stamp on your movies? What is, it that you, what is the message that you want to bring to your audience? I'm not sure if I have a message. I know that I want to, you know, express feelings mm -hmm. um, and I want to entertain and I don't, I'm not there to educate people at all. I'm there okay. to, you know, enjoy yourself in the process. Entertain and tell stories that are important um, 
I guess, to me first personally, because I understand them and then, uh, or through the process, understand them. And also uh, that are important to my people that are reflective okay. of my aesthetic, my uh, culture and history and heritage and kind of weave that through a wonderfully gripping story that people can watch and say, oh, wow, that's really different. That's really original. Mm -hmm. It's like when Korea came up with their horror movies and we're like, oh, in awe, you know. Um, same thing, like Russian, uh, they have a certain way of making films. Like every country has kind of their touch or the French cinema. Yeah. So I feel like, you know, whether it's Khaliji cinema or UAE cinema, it's, it's finding your voice through that. And for me, it's a really, really, um, I would say, a palette at the moment that's quite, I would say, maybe a little sensitive, dark, and uh, unsettling. If I have to describe my work, yeah, unsettling. Yeah, yes. I've, I've noticed that you have a lot of dark content, even yes. this, when the posters are a little dark. Yes. Yeah, but I think uh, that is how you. Ha obviously, at the end of the day, you have to have your own stamp for yeah. your. Because I love magical realism. I'm mm. a bit surrealist myself. I I love uh, psychological thrillers, uh, but more on the quieter pace. So if mm. I give you like examples of movies that I like, you would understand like The Witch, Pan's Labyrinth, my classical one, um, and then. Um, I haven't heard of these. <laughs> It's okay. You don't have to watch them. But. <laughs> yeah. So now let's move to our uh, fun take segment. You know, yeah. not it's like rapid fire, but then yeah. your answers don't need to be necessarily rapid. Yeah. Okay. So I need fun answers. So the big one: Bollywood versus Hollywood. Neither. Really? Yeah. I thought you were. You, I, I somehow sensed you would be a Bollywood buff. No. I like them both, so it's kind of difficult to say. You know, when they say you no, like them both, but not enough to choose one or the other. Probably, it's like when you're in doubt, leave without. So I'm gonna leave that question out. <laughs> I didn't mean that to rhyme. That sounded so cheesy. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, no problem. But so <coughs> you like them both equally. So yeah. there's no no favorites. I think I like them both in the 80s, the 80s. and 90s. So what movies do you era. tend to watch more? Um, I mean, I watch independent cinema a lot. I also okay. watch you know, cheesy popcorn movies, which I enjoy. I mean, you know, mm -hmm. we all have our guilty pleasures. But uh, I like a story, uh, you know, I, I like a film that has a good story regardless of genre. Let me put okay. it that way. So if there is a Bollywood actor that you would want in your movie, so you have these different uh, superstars now, like yeah. in your movie, who would you choose in Bollywood? Now, I'm from Bollywood, like, you know, I enjoy That's my Bollywood That's a tough question. Movie. I would say maybe Amir Khan. Ah, really? Oh, like, he used to be my favorite. Yeah. I'm old school, right? Yeah. So, yeah, apologize. <laughs> yeah. So, clearly, you haven't seen the latest movies. No. So, how was it working with A.R. Rahman? Amazing. He's imp he's incredible. I'm still working for him. So, it's like, was, we're still yeah, in the okay. process. So, it's very early in the process. So, Khadija Rahman was one of my first guests and an oh, absolute wow. darling. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she is. She's such a sweetheart. Yeah. Um, he's... Um, he knows how to make you feel comfortable, so you feel like you can get into your element. He mm -hmm. listens, he is very nurturing, and I think he, by doing that, he's impacting generations of artists. Okay. He likes to connect artists together, like he introduced mm -hmm. me to other musicians. Um, we've discussed the main song of the film, mm -hmm. and you know... Movie is, Bob. Yes, yeah. yes, and mm -hmm. that's going to be... A, so when is the release? Oh no, God, I mean, when is it going to be shot first? So it'll be shot end of this year and okay. released next year. Release next year. So what are the movies that's up, uh, like, that's going to be released anytime soon? What's your next movie? So every year I have one film. So this year it's uh, three, it's called Three. Oh, the movie's name is Three. Mm -hmm. Next year is Bob, and then I shoot the third one next year, and then the year after that is, I have no title for that. Okay. So what do you think is the most underrated movie you've watched recently? Recently? Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. That's a tough question. You're putting me on the spot for sure. Underrated film. Hmm. I'm not sure if I've seen anything recently. I can maybe mention one underrated film, but not okay. recently. Perhaps a very old film. It's a commercial film, but okay. didn't get the publicity I feel it deserves. It's one of my favorite films, Apocalypto. 
Okay. Yeah, I've heard of it, but I, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think yeah. I've watched it. I think it's insane. I, I think the art department, um, most of the stunts are real. I think the, the pace, the energy in that film is mm -hmm. just A++ filmmaking. I, I think I heard of the movie because of yeah. Mel Gibson, because he was a huge star. I don't think it got the marketing push, and I probably know why, <laughs> but for controversial reasons, but that's one underrated film for sure. Okay. A movie you think you could have done better recently? Oh, boy. <laughs> I don't want to upset any directors because I know what how difficult it is to make a film. So yeah. hats off to everyone who's even done an independent film. Okay. Uh, well, I'll be a little cheeky. So the Cabinet of Curiosities uh, by Guillermo himself, uh, where he show he was a showrunner. I would say like I could have easily done one of the episodes better. Okay, the Cabinet of Curiosity. Curiosity. Okay. So given a choice, what would you have chosen instead of movies? Nothing, just okay. movies. Yes, because that's... But if they, let's say movies didn't exist in the world, like okay. period. And uh -huh. then my second option would be painting. Painting. So what did you do? You said you didn't do uh, learn movies in uh, uni. No, I did. I went to Ryerson. I oh, studied okay. there. Oh, yeah. But you said your parents wouldn't even let you even get into No, I eventually did. I, I went oh. to study. They just said, don't make features, make documentaries. Okay. So that was your aim from a child, from your childhood. That's what you wanted to do. Yeah, I mean, I was, I didn't know if I wanted to be a filmmaker when I was very, very young, but I knew I loved storytelling mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, expression can come in many different forms. And then I just stumbled into film and fell in love with it because of the chaos nature of the mm -hmm. industry itself. And I also have a, I would say, a commercial uh, side to me okay. and an artistic side. Mm -hmm. So it kind of fulfills both ends. Yeah. yeah, Makes sense. So now this is an interesting one. What is the best part of being married to a non-Emirati? Oh boy, that he can't understand my conversations when I'm talking to my mom or my sister. Okay, so you want to keep him out of the unless conversation? He, un unless he does, and, yeah. <laughs> and he's doing it very well then by having a poker face. No, of course not. I'm being silly. Um, I think the best part is being open to different cultures, having tolerance, and also like bring a very different perspective uh, on the table with parenting. With parenting? Yes, I, that, I really that, like it. They are yeah. very hands-on. Mm -hmm. You know, he is in super hands-on with the children. Like, it almost like at some points, um, I feel bad. I feel like, oh my God, he's more motherly than I am. You know, oh. it's, it's very it's inspiring. Wow, and that, that's a good perspective. You know, I, I wouldn't have expected that. So an app or a technology that you hate, but you have to use a lot? Oh, Instagram. <laughs> I don't even use it a lot, but it yeah. doesn't, social media doesn't come, and it's not a technology, it's an app in a yeah. phone. I mean, you know what I mean, but it's, it's something that I understand it's important, especially if you want to be relevant, you want to push your films and, and marketing yeah. sense of point of view, but it doesn't come naturally for me. I really, really struggle with it. Yeah, I think a lot of social media, you're forced to perform, right? Yes. Because you have to cater to an audience and they're, they're very uh, important to you. So what would your advice be to your 12, 20 year old self? Uh, if I had to go back, I will say buy those uh, damn apartments at Sabah Tower because they were at 200K on paper and I okay, and decided not to. It was the dumbest mistake because, you know, I could have made... Anyway. And now you could have made millions. Yeah, of course. But you can yeah. say that about any kind of investment. Yeah. I would say probably um, my advice to a younger person. I'm not sure. I would say maybe volunteer more, go more on film sets, watch more independent film. I think I kind of started really late. So mm -hmm. maybe start, starting earlier. It would have helped. Yes. So anyways, thank you so much, so much Naila. I know you've been rushing, you, you are in a rush. And now to go you. pick my children. Yeah. Thank you so much for your time today. It was a pleasure talking to you and finally fulfilling my dream because I've also been always so enchanted by media and movies. And, so, uh, and I do hope your audience watches both of my films on Netflix, Animal and The Shadow.
sorry, Animal and the Shadow. Of course, that's a movie. Both the movies are on Netflix, and they're here. They're around for two years, right? Yes. Okay. And by the way, Animal's not the one with penguins documentary, but it's actually the narrative film. Narrative film. Okay. So thank you so much, okay, Naila. Thank you. Thank and you so it was, much. It was my pleasure having. Don't forget to drop in your comments and suggestions on this podcast. There are so many more stories out there just waiting to be told. So make sure you have subscribed to Chat Me Up.